You're listening to Shalise's podcast. All right. Well, let's go. Let's hop into prayer and let's get into today's topic. Well, Father, we thank you for yet another broadcast. We thank you that you are drawing listeners, Father, that need to hear this message to this message because you want them to experience the fullness of everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross for them. And a part of that, God, is knowing you. In fact, the definition of eternal life is knowing you intimately. And I thank you that we were born for intimacy, that we are your home. We are your family. We are your bride. We are your body. And we live in perpetual, unshakable union with you. And it's not enough for us to read the scriptures about that. It's not enough for us to just, you know, theoretically know that. It is absolutely your desire, your will that we experience it. Thank you that knowing you is possible uh, because you are in us and you know everything about us, Father. You know even our thoughts before we think them, our words before we speak them. And there's nothing that you don't know about us, Father. And it is your heart's desire that we have that same level of intimacy with you, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the call of God on my life to help people step into that. I'm so grateful, Father, for everything that you've taught me. I'm so grateful that you overcame my religious Southern Baptist. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but in my own life, just that the, the, the teachings that I grew up with in the Bible belt that taught me to fear you rather than to, uh, just live in union with you. And I just thank you for this message. I thank you that it's going far and wide to those that need to hear it. I'm always amazed, Father, by the the, the people that reach out and let us know that they're listening to the podcast. I want them to know today, Father, that they are seen, they are heard, they are known, that you know every prayer in their heart, you know every dream, every desire, every fear, and you fully accept them. You fully love them. You love them unconditionally, Father, so much so that they are fully accepted into yourself. And so we bless our time together. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're doing the talking. And we just yield to what you have planned for today's broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, guys, this this particular contradiction is actually going to be the last in the series of Christian contradictions that we're going to be doing. And I'm just so grateful for all of the amazing feedback that I've been getting. I, I know folks have been sharing the podcast with others, and I've just had a lot of really <clears throat> amazing, you know, comments and feedback about this series. And I, I think it's interesting to me to get that feedback because I think it's really easy for me to take these truths for granted. And it's easy for me to forget that not everyone has, you know, spent the last 10 years detoxing or 15 at this point. I don't know how many it's been, but it's been a minute detoxing and deconstructing uh, evangelical Christianity and a lot of the just spoon-fed dogma and spoon-fed spit uh, spoon-fed theology that so many of us have grown up with, that so many of us are hearing, you know, week in and week out <clears throat> from various pulpits here, especially in the Western church. And so I just am so thankful that I, you know, my team and I came up with this concept. And today we're actually going to be wrapping it up, uh, this particular series 
with a topic that really is near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about experiencing God and really the lie and the misconception and the deception that runs rampant in the body of Christ that hearing God is hard, experiencing God is hard, you know, living out of a place of the spirit, walking in the spirit, uh, using your spiritual senses, you know, seeing in the spirit uh, is, is difficult. And the truth is it's not difficult. It just needs to be understood and taught. You know, Jesus in his ministry demonstrated that the supernatural is taught. He spent three years with his disciples training them how to operate independent of the seen realm and to dominate it and to do miraculous things, healing the sick and and all kinds of miracles, which for God, he just calls that work. You know, miracles are normal, a normal part of God's existence and honestly should be a, a normal part of our existence. But that's, that is an impossibility for us when we are not living out of our true identity is in union with Jesus, living out of a place of oneness with him. And from that place in our true identity, understanding that hearing God is simple. It's as simple as our own thoughts. It's as simple as our own imaginations and really you know, getting over a lot of the unbelief and the, the wrong beliefs that we've been taught about, about hearing God and about being led by the spirit and about the supernatural. And so today I wanted to just break it down really simply and help, uh, help first of all, uh, some of us understand maybe why we have trouble hearing God. And obviously, based upon this introduction, one of the, the major reasons I think that, that a lot of people have trouble hearing God is that they've just had wrong teaching about it, or they just have a wrong expectation about it. You know, they just don't have this expectation that hearing from God is easy, that it's normal, that it should be as normal as having a conversation with any other person, that yes, it's an invisible person, it's someone that lives inside of you, the kingdom is an invisible reality, but that it is a um, absolute part of our inheritance in Christ. It's a part of our uh, new birth and being a new creation is the ability to connect with the unseen and the ability to actually know God. And so I'm going to start off today with the scripture that, I mean, I talk about it in my book. I've talked about it definitely in previous podcasts, but, uh, and I'm not going to go into a deep teaching around it. I think in the gospel, according to Shalise, either part one or part two, I definitely go into some deep teaching about it. I'm pretty impressed with myself that I can remember that right now, but um, I want to go into what the definition of eternal life is. Okay. You know, in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever uh, believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but we all know John 3, 16, right? From Sunday school. But, you know, a lot of us grew up thinking that eternal life was all about the afterlife, right? That eternal life was a reference to heaven, that we, the place that we would go after we die. And so if we believe in Jesus, then we would go to heaven. I mean, that's the way, you know, traditional evangelical Christianity has preached the gospel. However, Jesus really was not talking about the afterlife when he was talking about eternal life. In fact, Jesus himself is life. He said, I am the, tr the way, the truth, and the life. So this life that, that we are to experience is not about a life that we experience after we die. It's about the experience of life, Jesus Christ, 
right now, and it's about what is that life. And I want to I propose to you that that life is actually Trinitarian life. What I mean is it's the life of God. It's the life of God's existence inside of relationship uh, with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so let's go over to John 17, and I will... I don't know which version I'll read it in here. Let me let me pull it up. I, I think any of them are probably fine. Uh, yeah, let's just, I'm in the NIV right now, so I'll just stick to this. In John 17, 3, it says, um, well, let me just start at the beginning. It says in verse 1, it says, After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those that you've given him. Verse 3 says, Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So in verse 3 here, Jesus is defining the term eternal life. And I know for most of us, we have always thought about eternal life being the afterlife, but this is the definition. This is eternal life, Jesus says, that they will know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I want to point out that this know that's used and translated as the word know in verse 3 here is actually the Greek word gnosko. And gnosko is a experiential knowing. It's not like the knowing of you know someone famous, like you know someone from a distance, like we know Oprah. You know, it's not that kind of a knowing. It's a knowing that comes through the most intimate of relationships. In fact, in Jesus' times, uh, the word gnosko was actually a Jewish idiom for the knowing of a husband and wife. Think of it as an Adam knew Eve. You know, so without going too graphically here, I think you get the point that this is an this is an intimate, the most intimate, frankly, of human relationships, which is marriage and the intimacy that a husband and wife share. But it's also the intimacy that we are to know and experience with God. And this level of intimacy, you know, husband and wife, bride and groom, is is definitely you used throughout the New Testament as you know we are referred to as the bride of Christ we referred you know that apostle Paul taught that marriage is a picture of the body of Christ and Christ uh, but this knowing is definitely experiential uh, this is an experience of God and so eternal life truly if I was going to paraphrase that it would be to experience God to know him experientially. Because the truth is you can't actually know anybody if you don't really experience them. And how do you experience someone? You experience them through conversation. You experience them through physical touch. You experience them with your uh, with your senses, you know, and I want to propose to you that, that, that the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's roles is to manifest the Godhead to us. It's to manifest Jesus to us. And, you know, we, we have, we have accepted certain manifestations of God, depending on, you know, your denominational affiliation or where it actually you, you have, you know, landed in the various streams in the body of Christ. I mean, we may go into like a corporate worship setting and we will experience the manifest presence of God. Um, you know, there's entire movements in the body of Christ that have just built themselves around the manifest, phys- you know, like it's, and it's a tangible, it's physical. You can feel it in your body. 
body. And it is worship, right? And you, you enter into the presence of God, people will say, in worship. And so we physically feel the presence of God. And I want to just stop here for a moment because the physical manifestation of the presence of God is an important part of our knowing God. And if we are not... Um, physically experiencing the presence of God, I just want you to know that that there's more. There is more. There is a physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit that we can experience. You know, in my own walk with God, that is not something that I experienced for the majority of my life. I was in my 30s uh, before I began to, ex- you know, experience the manifest presence of God. And I'm going to share just a little bit of a story here about how that started happening in my life. Um, you know, not too long after I fully surrendered to God, and when I say fully surrendered, I just gave him myself. I mean, really, you know, your my life is no longer my own. You take my life. You make it whatever it is that you have ordained it to be. And I actually got uh, led by the Lord to a, a ministry. It was up in, uh, up in Wisconsin at the time, and it was run by this... Um, I think she was in her 80s at this point, but she was an older uh, minister. And I'm telling you, she had outlived three husbands. She looked like she was about 40 years old. And I had never met anyone that had such an intimate relationship with God. I mean, in fact, um, she had this little like house that you would go to, and it was pretty interesting. When you made your reservations, it was like a 10-room house or something, and you would go like for prayer retreats and things to this house. And when you made your reservation, she would pray over your reservation and then put you in whatever room the Holy Spirit told her to put you in. And each one of the rooms was like decorated like kind of really like an experience of God or a revelation of God. Like there was the bridal suite. There was the line of the tribe of Judah. There was this one room that was all red that I think had something to do with redemption. But but it was a very interesting experience, right? And so I, I would go to, I went actually a weekend a month for a whole year. And this woman had a very profound impact on my life because I had never met anyone that walked in that level of intimacy with God and and would, would hear God like, like she would hear herself. I remember thinking like the level that she's hearing God and talking to God is like the kind of thing that in the world would put you in the loony bin. You know? And so I don't even know if it's still around Connie. So I, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that today. Uh, I had someone ask me, what is the name of it? But I, I mean, it's been years. I mean, this has been years and years and years ago that I would go there. And I don't even know if this person is still alive because she was really, really in her later years when I went. Um, but <clears throat> the point is, is that um, it was like she was married to Jesus. Like she had this one little part that she would stay in. And I remember thinking, like, I know if I went into her quarters that she would have a little place setting set at the dinner table for Jesus. Like, I'm pretty sure she was actually eating, eating dinner with invisible Jesus every single night. And while that may seem a little odd, I'm so grateful that I met someone that was living in that level of intimacy with God. Because here's what I learned. I learned that it's not just taught, that is also caught. And, you know, as I began to just, and, and, and I just want to share this, that like, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, this is the entire, I mean, like I got it, you know, I got it necessarily from her, but now this is what I give away. So I want you to really enter into the idea today that this is not just taught, but it's also caught because I can look back at my Christian walk and I can look at the various places that I 
that God led me to that really deposited a, a breakthrough in my life, in my intimacy with God. And so this was one of them. And as I would go there, I just remember starting to experience things that I really didn't have a grid for. I started to experience the tangible presence of God resting on my body. I, I remember, you know, like my ear felt like it was on fire one time. I remember there was the presence of God going down, up and down my back. And I remember thinking, like, I didn't even, I was so, like, clueless. And I had had such an evangelical background. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking, like, is this demonic? How do you know? I just had no grid that this was normal. This was a normal thing to experience. And... When I say it's a normal thing, it's a, it's the, it's the presence of God. It's the power of God. It's the, um, anointing of God. It's, it's, it's the resting of the presence of God, um, on us physically, coming through us physically. And it is a normal thing. And what I can say for you about that is just, I'm going to do a prayer here at the end of this, at the end of this, uh, broadcast. And I'm going to, I'm going to just, pray that you would begin to experience those that level of manifestation of God's presence. And I know that that's a real thing because I've been releasing this and helping other people experience uh, God in greater measure now for, you know, my own life now for years. I mean, I'm talking about going to Walmart and, and having people experience God. So this is not hard. This isn't about you going to a retreat for 12 months every weekend. This is about you just receiving that, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that same presence of God that filled the temple in the Old Testament now fills us. And that's why over and over again throughout the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talks about be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, there was a physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit. There's a physical manifestation when we are, they call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the immersion, the infilling, the filling, the overflow of the Holy Spirit. And it over overflows in physical things. The gifts of the Spirit are physical manifestations and operations of the presence of God in our life. And these are just, this is just one dimension of how we can experience God. And it's an important dimension. You know, in my Emerge school, we, we take some time to go through the five love languages. And many of you have been exposed to that, I'm sure, where, you know, there's five languages that human beings experience love in, right? And so there's physical touch, there's words of affirmation, there's quality time, there's acts of service, and there's touch. And there's a test you can do online and you can kind of figure out what your love language is. But the way that we approach it and emerge, it's really about experiencing God in your love language. And for me, touch is one of my primary love languages. And so me being able to experience the presence of God, and truthfully, I want to throw it out there that not only do should we be able when we are free, okay, I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone if this is not where you are today, because trust me, this is not where I began. So I get it. But the, the, but what is normal? I just want to tell you what is normal in the kingdom. What is normal in the kingdom is for us to be able to connect with the presence of God anytime, anywhere, and because we are his temple, because he indwells inside of us. There is a, there is a rivers of living water that, that flow from us. And the river out of the throne of God is now within us in, in, in a dimensional standpoint, you know, from a dimensional perspective. And so being able to experience the presence of God in a 
in, in, you know, instantaneously is, is absolutely normal. Okay. I also, you know, can, can bring this out into other dimensions of what it means to know and experience God. It's also extremely normal and extremely needed for us to be able to hear God as clearly as we hear our own thoughts. And I actually just kind of coined the phrase that we can hear God on demand. And for a lot of people, this is like, you know, cognitive dissonance when they hear me say this because they've been taught and believe all kinds of things about hearing God. I mean, I've had people tell me, well, you just can't demand for God to speak to you just because you, because you are talking. You just can't expect that. And, you know, the truth is that just from a, uh, just from a, 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 I don't know what you want to call it, spiritual law perspective, I guess. It, this is the truth. We get what we believe. We experience what we believe. So if we believe hearing God is hard, well, guess what we're going to get? If we believe, oh, I'm just making this up, where well, you're going to be confused and you're going to struggle in hearing God. If you believe that, you know, using your imagination, which is the Bible refers to as the eyes of your understanding in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, it talks about that. I may go over there in a moment. And it, but if you believe that using your imagination is new age, when frankly the new agers stole it from the Bible or whatever we want to say about that, you know, if you believe these things and you're afraid of these things or you think, oh, I'm just afraid that the devil's going to manifest or that I'm going to, you know, in, you know, have the wrong spirit. Well, the truth is you, you won't experience these things. You won't, you will have a wall up that will not allow the experience of these things. And what's sad about this is because the church has basically been taught such an, a, a theology about that empowers the enemy. We like feel like the enemy has all the power. Like we need to be afraid of all of this, you know, these psychics and these witches and all of these people that are truthfully dealing in the supernatural. Like it's no big deal, you know. Yet we're just, you know, taught things like, well, miracles passed away with the apostles, or you know, um, it's hard to hear God, or you got to fast for forty days to be able to hear God. Like it's easier to hear the devil than it is to hear God. I mean, believers have more faith in their ability to be tempted their ability to hear the enemy, their ability to be under attack and blah, 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 than they do in being able to experience the one who has redeemed them and they live in perpetual union with. I mean, this is the only real problem is that we have been taught real thing, wrong things. We have not been maybe taught the right things. We haven't hung around maybe the right environments, the right, right, people, I guess, that this is normal for. And we haven't entered into this for a myriad of reasons. And so the first thing, you know, the first thing I have to share with you today as we talk about this is that I have to share what is normal. Like this is normal. It is normal for us to have a conversation with God. I personally do it most of the time in my journals, although I don't have to uh, at this point because I've been practicing this and doing this now for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, being led by the spirit. I mean, being led by the spirit means you need instructions. It means you need to be able to hear what God is speaking. Um, and so let me just go to a couple of scriptures, right? I, I, some of these we know, but I, I just want to hear that. I want you to hear them again today with maybe fresh ears. I mean, in Romans chapter 8, uh, if we go into that, I'm just in the NIV again. Um, let me just go here and talk about verse 14. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
You know, the spirit that you've received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. It says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So I'll stop there for because it's, it's just saying, remember, that we must, we must, we must be able to be led by the spirit. And um, the truth is that a lot of people, a lot of people are led not by the spirit, um, but they are led by external things. And when I mean, when I say external things that, you know, they're still putting out fleeces. They're still looking for signs outside of themselves. They're still not being led by the spirit from the inside, but instead they're being, you know, just, I don't know. It's kind of like trying to clue a game of clue. In fact, I had one person that I speak to talk to me like that, that God leads her. She loves clue. And so she, 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 she is led from God, like by clues. And that is not what sonship looks like. That is not what mature sons and daughters uh, are here to experience. We are here to operate in the same level of intimacy that Jesus enjoyed with the father. And we know that Jesus and the father were one. And that is a picture of our sonship. Um, and so let me just um, take you to a scripture, for example, that shows what being a son of God, this is Jesus, but that, that shows what it means to be led by the spirit the way that Jesus was. Um, let's go to John. Uh, let's go to John 530. I want to go in the voice translation and I'm going to read it here. It says this, I have never acted and I will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committing to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. You know, and so here in this translation, this is a very, very powerful, powerful scripture because Jesus is saying that he was not acting independent of the father. And he would not in the future, but he was listening to the directions of the one who sent me and acting on those instructions. And he was committed to pursuing God's agenda. And so if you're going to know God's agenda and you're going to be led by the spirit, well, you've got to have clear instructions. We are not to be, uh, you know, it's not the blind leading the blind here. God will give us specifics. If he can give it to Moses in the, in the old covenant, if he can give it to David and Solomon about building the temple, building the ark, I mean, to give instructions to Gideon, give instructions to, you know, to Esther, all of these different people that we read about who weren't even living in the new covenant in union with God. Well, how much more should we be expecting that? You know, and the, the Bible truly is it from one sense, an account of people's experiences with God, the manifestations of God in people's lives. And so the first thing I just want to share with you guys is that this is normal. This is normal. This is normal. In fact, for it to be any other way is abnormal. Okay. And so that's the first point that I really want to make. And now I just want to chat just for a moment here about some of the things that get in our way from us being able to experience it and why things like praying for this, uh, you know, for people 
and hanging out around people where this is kind of the normal way that they, they, they operate and getting, you know, good teaching about this is so important. Because the truth is, is that what we believe is not just a conscious activity. It is a subconscious activity. So in all of us over the course of our life have been imprinted or have been programmed, if you will, with an image of God and with a, uh, a subconscious image of who God is. In fact, we're going to wrap this series up this week. In the next podcast, I'm going to do, it's actually going to talk about the question, who is God? And the thing about that question, who is God? And in and, and talking about our subconscious image of God is that this is not something that we consciously connect with. Okay, this is, this is our, our image of God is like the collective belief of who God is that we've accumulated over the, the, the course of our lifetime, over the years that we've been exposed here in the world to people's opinions about God, to people's theology about God, to the teachings we've had in scripture, to what we've seen modeled with our parents and with our spiritual uh, authority, that kind of thing. And so it's all of these kinds of experiences. I mean, even atheists have an image of God and the image of God is that he doesn't exist, right? And so all of us on some level have a theology about who God is. And it's who we believe God is that is absolutely going to impact our ability to experience him. As I was just explaining kind of in my own testimony, it was, I had years and years and years, decades in fact, of belief systems that had been put into me, that had been beliefs that had been programmed into me about who, who God is. And a lot of this, you're not even aware that it's happening when it's happening. Um, we don't realize that we are subconsciously projecting our beliefs onto who God is. Let me give an example of this, okay? Most Christians, and I do this a lot of times when I'll do like a live speech or some live speech, a lot, you know, if I'm teaching somewhere live, is I'll ask people, you know, by default, most people relate to one member of the Trinity more than the others. And they don't even really kind of realize they're doing that. But if they're talking to God or if they're praying, uh, maybe they're just going to pray to one member of the Trinity more than the other. So they're going to, you know, be Father God people. They're going to speak to Father. They're going to speak to God. I mean, they're going to speak to Dad, to Abba, whatever it is that you call him. And then other people are going to be Holy Spirit people. Well, man, they're just focused on the Holy Spirit. They're just talking to the Holy Spirit. They're praying to the Holy Spirit, all about the move of the Holy Spirit. And then there are people that are really focused on experiencing Jesus and knowing God. I want to say no, they don't maybe even know they're doing that. They're just talking. They're relating to God through Jesus more than the other members of the Trinity. And when I first kind of point this out to people, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. But the truth is you can even look at different, you know, moves of God in the body of Christ or look at different ministry gifts in the body of Christ and you can actually see where that focus is. I mean, there's entire movements. I mean, you can talk about the Toronto revival, right? Where it was really about Father God. You can think about the International House of Prayer, which is really about the bride of Christ and experiencing Jesus. I mean, you can, uh, the Holy Spirit, who are we gonna think of? Catherine Kuhlman, maybe, a Benny Hinn or someone who's really, really focused on the Holy Spirit. And so once you kind of have a lens to see that most things by default relate to one member of the Trinity more than the others, you'll begin to notice this. And in your own life, 
you know, when you start to recognize, well, wow, I'm, <clears throat> I relate to this member of the Trinity more than this one. Most of us don't even recognize that we're doing it. And then secondly, we never get beyond the surface to think, okay, why am I doing that? Why am I relating to this member of the Trinity? Or why is this, you know, why is Jesus really the focus of my relationship with God right now? Or why is the Father really the, the, the focus of my relationship with God right now? And the truth is, is that that comes out of our image of God subconsciously. We are subconsciously doing that, not even aware a lot of times that we are doing that. And we don't know why we're doing that. And so over my, over the years of me really helping people experience God and, and, and get into greater intimacy with Him, what we've discovered, um, is that the reason that you're relating to one member of the Trinity more than the others is because of the subconscious beliefs that you have about God that really isn't about God. Okay. So for most people, and this is very, it varies because this is, again, it's a subconscious program. But let me let me let me describe it this way. Subconsciously, whether we realize it or not, one member of the Trinity is safer or more approachable or more relatable than the others. And the reason for that is because we, in our neural pathways, we are connecting the image of God to who God is. So let me give an example. So if you grew up with a distant father or an absent father, or you lost your father at a, at a young age or at some point, you might subconsciously be drawn to God as a father image or as a father because of that, either that, that deficit in your life or on the, on the, on the flip side of that, you may be not drawn to God as father because of some negative experiences that you had with father figures in your life. And so we are subconsciously really just projecting that on to father God. And if you will, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, renews our mind. And what we're doing when we're renewing our mind is we're untangling all that mess. And we are basically coming into agreement with who God is based upon who he is, not based upon who, what we've been taught, what we've been programmed, what we've been taught to believe. And the reason this is so important, as I said it earlier, we cannot experience something that we don't believe. And the truth is we're already experiencing what we believe not just about God. I mean, this is about money. This is about relationships. This is about everything. We are fun. We are created to, uh, experience what we believe. I mean, that's how you experience the gospel is that you actually hear it and you change your mind. You repent, you change what you think about it and you believe the gospel. And then therefore you begin to experience it. You begin to experience, you, you renew your mind. You begin to experience union with God. When you begin to really believe that you are one with God, you begin to be able to hear God clearly on demand. When you believe that that is normal, it's a normal part of being a Christian that I have all of the equipment because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. The word of God God is clear. Those that are led by the spirit are the sons of God. And I'm a son of God because I'm in Christ. And so therefore this is normal. And so you start to develop a normalcy with the things that are true about God. God is father. You move that stuff out, you know, all of that programming you have about father figures or whatever, and you experience more of the father. You, you know, Jesus can, can be, we can project onto Jesus based out of any kind of romantic relationship. I mean, it's, it's varied from person to person. Holy Spirit is more of the nurturer, the teacher. Sometimes there's female authority figures in our lives that, that impact that, or they were strong, the female safe people in our lives. And so we feel safe with the Holy Spirit. 
And so honestly, this is part of our work in Emerge is we move all this out of the way so that you can begin to actually operate out of real intimacy with God. But for purposes today, what I want to, I just want to kind of point out that there are things that we are believing subconsciously that are hindering our ability to experience God. It's not because it's hard. It's easy. We just don't believe it's easy. We don't believe. We haven't been taught that you can hear God as easy as your own thoughts. And if you're not hearing God as easy on your own thoughts, it's just a simple shifting of something that needs to happen in the mind renewal process so that you can get there. Whatever is blocking that, whatever is in the way, the Holy Spirit is here to lead and guide us into all truth. But here's the thing. You have to know the truth to believe it. So that's why I'm actually doing this podcast today. You know, sometimes it's just as simple as me telling people, get out a journal, get a clean page in your journal and simply say, here I am. You can say, Father, here I am, Holy Spirit. Here I am, Jesus. What do you want to speak to me today? And then to just turn off your brain from, you know, basically saying, oh, I'm making this up. I don't hear God. All the things that might come up and just simply write down whatever you hear. And I will tell you in, I don't know how many percentage of the time, but a large percentage of the time, it's just that simple for people. And then you have all of these things that people do that they just don't take the time to do it. They don't take the time to sit down and hear God. They don't have a daily practice of this. They aren't really cultivating the practice of hearing God. <clears throat> they aren't cultivating the practice of God's presence. They aren't practicing it. And so they're just living as a habit out of, out of this place of separation from God, living as a habit out of a place where they are operating independent from God. And so they just have not developed honestly, the intimacy with God as a practice. And this is something that you get addicted to, you guys. It's like once you begin to experience the presence of God, once you get the wisdom of God in your journal and you start hearing how God is leading you and what he's speaking to you, I'm telling you, you just can't live without it. I mean, his words are life and 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 they come with faith. You know, I think so many people are trying to get breakthroughs from God without getting the instructions from God. I mean, miracles happen when we hear God and obey. And that's, I mean, demonstrated over and over and over again throughout scripture. We're not like working principles to manifest the kingdom. We're, we're manifesting a person who is Jesus, who is the king of the kingdom, and we are a carrier of the king and the kingdom. And so hearing him is not optional. You know, I remember being so frustrated years ago when I would read scriptures about, you know, Jesus saying, I only do what I see the father doing. And I would just be like, well, how do you, how do we live out of this? How do we live out of this place where we're just dependent upon God, only doing what we see him doing? And the truth is we can do it. In fact, that's what sons of God do. They live in union with God. They live in the place of oneness with the Father, the way Jesus did. And with Jesus in them, I mean, we're just manifesting the Trinity. We're manifesting Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us because Jesus dwells in us. So like a lot of things that I talk about, a lot of things that I teach, I mean, I, I, I know it may seem like I come back to the same point over and over again, but I cannot stress the importance of mind renewal as it relates to experiencing God. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed in Greek, be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. And when I'm talking about experiencing God, I'm talking about moving out the pattern of this world from our thinking. And the pattern of this world is not just 
the things we learn in secular education or in secular environments or ungodly places, you know, as many people would call them. No, uh, the pattern of this world is also church, you guys, because the, the spirit of religion has taught us to have more of a relationship with scripture than the one who actually wrote it. The Holy Spirit, I mean, God, the scripture is God breathed. I mean, can we get to know God through the Bible? Yes. But I'll tell you what's even better. Let's get to know God through the Bible because the Holy Spirit's the teacher and we're hearing him teach us. It's called the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. And so having a relationship with scripture that is not God breathed, that is not revelatory is religion and having, you know, uh, uh, the Pharisees knew the, knew the scriptures and they searched the scriptures thinking that they would find eternal life in the scriptures. And Jesus said, you don't come to me. You know, I mean, Jesus did not pick disciples that were, you know, the scribe. I mean, again, Apostle Paul's the, 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 the exception, but then he had to undo all that with the Apostle Paul. I mean, for the most part, he picked unlearned men who had just been with Jesus. There was a relational component to this, you know, relationship with God. And when I say relationship, I don't just mean, I mean, I, I mean the most intimate of relationships. I mean, really experiencing God. Because when you are in that place of experiencing God, you are a witness. You are a witness because you are Jesus everywhere you go. You know, I, I kind of joke, I'm Jesus in a chalice suit. You know, we are really expressions of Jesus everywhere we go when we have that connection and we are abiding in the vine. You know, I gave you a practical experience here. I mean, a practical exercise just to get your journal out and talk to God. You know, the other thing that I'll recommend is that, you know, if you haven't done a rapid mind renewal session with our team, uh, we'll have our, uh, you know, uh, my assistant here put that in the chat here, we'll put it on the blog, um, because those will help you move those subconscious beliefs out of the way so that you can begin to experience more of God. So, I mean, this is, this is not, um, you know, a nice to have in our relationship with God. This is the core. This is the very core of the gospel. This is eternal life. This is why we are here. It is to experience God ourselves and to, uh, bless others with, the knowledge of God and the experiences of God that we carry. And so that's, you know, that's kind of in a nutshell. This is not hard. It's super, super simple when we believe. So let me pray. Let us close this out today. And, you know, I, as always, I encourage you guys to reach out to the team, do an RMR session, schedule a breakthrough call with our team, find out more about Emerge. You know, I, I always kind of, I don't joke, but this is the truth. I mean, a hundred percent of our graduates are experiencing God the way that I'm describing here <clears throat> and they're hearing him on demand. And why is that important? Because for you to try to discover and live your purpose without this level of intimacy is futile because sons of God are those that are led by the spirit. And in the same way, Jesus required the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in his life to work, to do, do the miracles that he did in the same way he lived as one with the father. Those were the things that empowered him to fulfill his destiny. You know, Jesus, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself on the cross. Jesus was not alone on the cross. God was there too. The father was there too. The father, the Holy Spirit, everybody was there on the cross, hanging on the cross. And you know, this was the, the, the power of Jesus's uh, life and it is the power of our life. I mean, being filled with the spirit, experiencing the presence of God, operating in the gifts of the spirit, 
living from a place of hearing God on demand where you can be led as a son of God, regardless of your male or female, because there's neither male or female in Christ, but this is normal Christianity. I'm not saying that it's average Christianity. I'm not saying it's the, the, the average experience of people that, are, that, that, that claim to be followers of Jesus, but it is absolutely normal experience. It is normal Bible experience. So let me pray. Let me close this out for today. So, Father, thank you for just another, uh, what do I want to say, Father? Just another level of experiential union with you for every single listener. Thank you, Father, that the eyes of their understanding have been enlightened and they know the hope of their calling. They know that Christ is in them. And that is the hope of glory. It is the hope of their calling. And it's not just an intellectual knowing of their calling. It's not just an intellectual knowing of who you are, Father, but it is an experience. The Apostle Paul said that we could know the breadth, the depth, the height, the length of the love of God, that experiencing it was far Far better than just mere intellectual knowledge. Thank you that you have granted unto us a spirit of wisdom and understanding in the intimate knowledge of you. Thank you that we are experiencing eternal life each and every moment simply by shifting our focus, simply by believing the gospel, simply by uh, partnering with the Holy Spirit to let him uproot any unbelief that we may have about who we are, about who you are, and about what it means to live in you. And so we just thank you, Father, that we are one with you right now. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you that we are seated in heavenly places right now and that we have ears to hear. We have eyes to see. And Father, I just release now an impartation, Father, of greater experience with you. Freely I've received it. Freely I give it. And Father, impartation is scriptural. It's just simply the release of a gift. And so I just release the gift of knowing you today, Father. I release just not just the, the words that I've spoken today on the on this broadcast, Father, but I just speak a revelatory experience. I speak encounters with you. I speak experiences with you, dreams and visions and tangible uh, uh, manifestations of your presence resting on people, Father. I just release all kinds of, of manifestations of your power and your presence, Holy Spirit. We say yes. And as we agree today in prayer, I thank you, God, that you are faithful. You do the work, God. And so, Holy Spirit, we just give you freedom, freedom to manifest however you want to manifest in our lives, however we need you to manifest in our lives so that we can come into the full stature of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and we can grow, 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 grow in our knowledge of you, in our experience of you, in our intimacy of you. And Father, we can truly be equipped for the work of our ministry, for whatever it is that you've called us to do, that you have ordained for us to do before the foundation of the world. We want to know you. Uh, we want to experience you. And I thank you, Father, for just all of the testimonies that are going to come from this broadcast. I thank you that this is a new day in our relationship with you for many of us. And for those of us that are already experiencing it, God, I thank you that there's more. So we just release the more. I just receive more myself, Father. I thank you that there is more, more revelation, more experience, more supernatural, more glory for us to enjoy. And so we just receive it. We thank you for it. We are, we are so very, very grateful for the gospel, for the truth 
for who you've recreated us in Christ to be. And I thank you that you've done the work, Daddy, and that all that is left is for us to do is just say yes and believe it. So do what you need to do to lead and guide us into the all truth, all the truth that we need to know, Holy Spirit, so that we can know it in an intimate way, make it our own for, as, as our own revelation and, and allow that truth to just totally set us free. We thank you, we praise you, and we give you all of the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, awesome, you guys. Uh, so great to have this time with you today. And I just speak, you know, massive blessings over your week. God bless. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.